This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy94.9. Support Joy94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. And a very happy Saturday here on Joy94.9. It is Detours. We are here with you until one o'clock today. Yes, we are. Good morning. Good morning, Mark. And I'm Jodie, joined by Mark. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good day. Depends which part of the world you are. (laughs) And if you're listening online, a special hello wherever you are in the world. Uh, Special thanks to Matt for the news and a great Saturday magazine show again here on Joy. they're, They're amazing, guys. Well done again. Absolutely. So we've got another great show coming up very shortly. We'll introduce our very special guest in just a moment. But of course, if you're not um, online and uh, if you haven't liked our Detours page via joy.org.au, bloody do it. Go and do it now. (laughs) Get on to it. Come on. While you're still listening to us, of course. Um, Now, the reason we want you to like us on Facebook is to make sure that you're up to date with what's coming up on the program uh, and all the latest news. And we have got some news. We have got some news. Yes. Should we tell the news? uh, Do you want to tell the news? Yes. Okay. No, no, you tell the news. Okay, you tell okay. the news. No, no, all right. Okay. I'll do it. Well, my news is that I am retiring from Detours. That's sad news. Yeah, it is it's sad. Very sad news. And it has been an amazing, amazing journey, pardon the pun. But it's been not only an amazing journey, it's been an amazing tenure. And I think that you should talk to that, Jodie. It's been how many years? 16 years. Yeah. So yes. you were 12 when you started. <laughs> That's exactly One of the youngest <laughs> golden tubes on radio. <laughs> That's exactly right. So I, I've recognised it's time for a change. Uh, it, it's been a fabulous uh, period of time in my life. 16 years. With wonderful, wonderful friends and uh, great listeners and terrific guests and uh, it's time to hang up the headphones, so to speak. <laughs> but um, no, I'll, I'll still be involved with Joy, of course. I'm, I'm uh, involved with the Risk Management Committee, which is very sexy and interesting. <laughs> Not as fun as... Uh, Show us your spreadsheets. ...playing on the radio. But uh, um, it's been great. So the 13th of October will be my final show, but I'll certainly be coming back day. A, as a guest. It's an amazing uh, it's an amazing tenure for, for anybody to go into a career that long, especially in community radio, which um, is a is a, a, a amazing place to work but 16 years and uh, what a what a career arc so I'm sure everybody wants to thank you for everything that you've achieved and everything you've done way back from South Melbourne days and I'm mm. sure you've got a lot of stories and anecdotes that you want to tell. It was always called Detours this program? I thought there was no, another name. No, it, the origins of this show is from a program called Gay Away. That's right. <laughs> which is <was> very camp <laughs> and that was... Um, and what does it mean? Is it, is it a cleansing product? Is it, uh, <laughs> is it like getting soap scum? <laughs> <laughs> Off a rainbow shower? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> right. And Gay Away started um, at 11 o'clock on a Monday night as a pilot program with um, myself and Andrew Belnaves. And, uh, but that's bedtime. Well, I know. I had to really sort of, you know, get myself up and out and... 
and do the program, and people loved it, and uh, and we were then fortunate enough to then be this put is into. Quite. I'm the, still recoiling in horror at the idea that you were up at that hour talking to people who would have been very gratefully in their beds listening to you. I'm sure. Well, I think there were probably about five people listening, and that was but a that taxi be... driver in South Melbourne <laughs> <laughs> who won the prize. And um, and but the person who was listening was Paul Turdish, who was the then general manager, uh, the the um, inaugural general manager of Joy ninety four point nine, who recognised that the show had some potential. And, and he had faith in us, and he put, put us straight into the twelve noon slot. That I guess next who was week. right? Well, yeah. yeah, he was. He was, I think. So he backed the right horse. Well, we've had a number of fabulous um, co-hosts over the years, and and at our final program, we'll be doing a tribute to all of those. And um, or and but the detour show continues, and Greg Atkins will continue, and Mark, who's uh, now our another co-host, will keep fabulous. Stories. away at travel stories and listening to interesting guests. And I believe we've got someone in the studio, Jodie. I don't know if you know what I know. Or... I can see him. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, we'd like to welcome to the program here on Joy 94.9, Brian Thacker. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for uh, putting us in the right time zone. I think I might be in Adelaide in my mind where I've got another <laughs> half an hour of morning on me. But um, welcome. Yes, it's great to be back. Yeah, it's, it's fabulous to see you. I think it's my fifth time back here. Yeah, I know. And time flies when you're having fun. Now, over those those three years that you've been on air, of course, the first book we talked about was the book uh, that you that I read in a hotel room in Sydney, yes. and it's called Sleeping Around, Couch Surfing Your Way Around the World. Didn't you get into uh, some trouble with your sleeping around Well, not book? me personally sleeping around, <laughs> but reading a book. And I was reading your book, Brian, and I loved it so much, and I was laughing hilariously out loud. And I had a guest from the room next door who came and knocked on the door and told me to be quiet. I was disturbing the peace. <laughs> I thought, I need to meet this guy. So it was a real lull. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a ruffle indeed. Mm. So, um, but you've got numbers of books. Yes, seven now. Seven. And what's the newest? What, what's the latest? Surely you've got your... Well, the latest one which I talked about last time was Tell Them to Get Lost. Oh, okay. Which was about <laughs> travelling... Tell us about that. That was the one was travelling through Southeast Asia using uh, Southeast Asia on a shoestring learning planet. Right. But the original one from 1972. Oh, with the photocopies and staples. 74, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Wheeler's coffee mug rings yeah. on the cover. To see what had changed, etc. So <laughs> yes, and what had changed? Um, not a lot, and a, a lot. So some think some hotels were still there from uh, 1975. Same staff. Uh, the same staff, same sheets. <laughs> um, I hope they'd had a wash. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, some hadn't been in the guidebook for 20 years, and others, other hotels had been turned into uh, beautiful five-star hotels. All right, yeah, they were just dives. Um, in, in the old guidebook, they said, they said there was a little old lady cooking in a restaurant in Ubud in Bali, and yeah. uh, 34 years later, whatever it is, she's still cooking away in the kitchen. Oh, that's amazing. And I went back to just visit her recently and gave her a copy of the book. And when I it was, when was it, four years ago, three and a half years ago, something, when I went to, first went to see her, and I asked her how old she was, and she said oh, she was 78, and I went to see her six months ago, whatever it was, or nine months ago. And I said, how old are you now? And she said, 78. And I said, you told me you were 78 last time. She said, I'm always 78, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. How hilarious. And, of course, you've, you, you've done a lot of things in between seeing us last um, and, and obviously lots of travels, but I think one of the highlights would have been, um, well, I'm presuming it's a highlight, um, <laughs> is that you got married in, in January in the US. Yes, in Minneapolis. All right. In Minnesota, in the yeah. Midwest. Um, it was a surprise wedding as well. We had no idea. No, it was a surprise wedding because <laughs> uh, we told everyone it was an engagement party. Um, 
and Minneapolis is the coldest state capital in, in America. In winter, it gets down to minus 30 mm. and can go for about three or four months and doesn't even get above zero at all. Oh, mm. my goodness. So <laughs> it was potentially going to be about minus 20, but it was a balmy minus five. So it was a... a oh, so it was a, a beach wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I was in shorts. But um, no, it was, it was absolutely beautiful and uh, very American. Why Minneapolis? Uh, my wife's from... Oh, okay. Minneapolis. Fair enough. And uh, yeah, so we did all the... We did all the American things. We had uh, the the groom's dinner the night before, which is all very funny. And uh, Americans, because it was a surprise when they came, when Beth, we came down the stairs, and um, they had no idea. And and everyone's hollering and hooting, yeah, like that sort of stuff, you know. So it was <laughs> wonderful. Oh, that's great. And of course, you met Beth when you were writing. Um, Tell them to get lost. Is that correct? Yes, um, and she actually features in the book as well because I met her in Bali. And for the Writers' Festival, because I was meeting up with Tony Wheeler, who's the founder of Lonely Planet, and he joined me for a few days on the trip. And um, so I met her on a walk that Tony, uh, Tony Wheeler was doing. And um, so we went out for dinner and, and then we said we'll catch up again. And then a few months later, she joined me for the second half of the trip. And I knew that she was a wonderful person when she put up with all the stained old sheets as well <laughs> and staying in a new hotel, a different same hotel every night. That's a beautiful thing. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll come back in just a few minutes and hear about all the other amazing trips that Brian Thacker's done. If you want to check out his blog, you can do so, brianthacker.tv. And, of course, we'd love to hear from you. And you can email us at onair at joy.org.au or joy.org.au for the website if you want to listen online. Um, keep in touch with us. We'd love to hear your news and we'll be back in just a few moments. Joy 94.9 You can see that you're being surrounded from every direction Love was just something you found to add to your collection It used to seem we were number one now it sounds so far away I had a dream we were running from Some blazing arrows yesterday You said fire, fire, with fire, fire With fire, fire, with fire Joy 94.9. And you're listening to Detours here on Joy 94.9. I'm Jodie, joined by Mark today. Hello. Hello. And um, that was a great track there. And I'll just try and remember what it was, actually. Oh, Fire with Fire. <laughs> Scissor Sisters. Yes, I didn't have that in front of me. Never mind. Um, we're with you right till one o'clock today. The time now is 19 minutes past 12. Now, Brian, you just was telling us that you got married in um, Minneapolis. And yes. Your wife is American. And then you decided to do some further travel, of course, which is traditional, a honeymoon. So tell us about that. Where did you go? What did you do? What, what would a travel writer put forward to his new spouse as a honeymoon option? Um, the first choice place we went to was the Mall of America, which is the largest <laughs> mall in America. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> they do have the largest mall in America, Minneapolis. In the middle of it is an amusement park with a full roller coaster and everything. It's, it's a scary place. It's just scary just trying to find your car at the end of it. But no, we, did, we went to Mexico. And, All right. Yeah, which is sort of like the Americans' Bali, really. We went to Cancun, but we went to 
rain there for night. Then we went to Isla Moeras, which is an island off the coast of Mexico, and it's just idyllic white sand and swimming with dolphins and lobster and margaritas on the beach. And this island doesn't have cars, and you just drive around in a golf cart, you hire a golf cart. It's a reasonably sized island, takes a, a day to sort of ride around and check it out. And then we went further down the coast to Playa del Carmen and uh, stayed in small luxury hotels of the world chain. I don't know them. Stayed two of the hotels there, which were just unbelievably stunning with your own pool and everything and uh, uh, these perfectly quiet beaches and and uh, did holding hands, walking along the beach and honeymoon romantic things. Very good. I think you've, uh, yeah, she's picked a winner. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, apart from the other places that you went to with manky bed sheets, I mean, you know, <laughs> we have to hear this in its entirety with Brian Thacker, I think. <laughs> There's a spectrum. So what got you into... Um, uh, everyone understands the travel bug. You travel once, you got the travel bug for life. What got you into, firstly, travel? What was your first experience? And then how did you start putting pen to paper about travel? Um, I did the Europe thing. Um, the sort of in a rite of passage for Australians, young Australians, and I hitchhiked around Europe actually, and then uh, I w- worked in London for almost three years, and uh, I came back and got the bug again. Two years later, went back and worked as a tour leader, uh, escorting busloads of drunk Aussies and Kiwis around Europe, eighteen to thirties with top deck, um, and I did that for three years until until my liver almost collapsed, and then uh, um, I always just kept a journal and just wrote what passengers did and what uh, the locals did and uh, you know what I did or what I could remember at least anyway <laughs> and um, and then I always thought I'd make a good book and then but hadn't written anything in, in my life in fact on the back of my first book it says Brian has vast writing experience he's written over a thousand postcards in his travels <laughs> so I hadn't really written much before but so po- short stories sorry your, your postcards are actually one of your um one of your keepsakes aren't they and, yeah. and you have boxes of, of boxes tickets and, boxes and, and yes. things that you collect along the way from i've seen on your blog yeah i, I do it sadly and i um and then i was working in advertising Right, and I got uh, retrenched as you do in advertising quite a bit. And instead of sitting here watching Oprah, I thought maybe I could just start writing out a few stories and see if it could work. And when I, I read it, just a couple of stories, and I thought, you know, I think this could work. Well, I'm not just going to sit on it for years. I'm going to commit myself. So I'm going to take four months off, or four months off looking for work at least. And uh, told everybody that I know that I was writing a book, and uh, gave myself a deadline, and wrote the book, and the entire manuscript, and then. Uh, sent it off to agents and had a few rejections uh, one agent uh, wrote back and said no one wants to read this shit which was quite nice <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's very <Whoa>. eloquent <laughs> okay uh, and but you kept plugging away obviously yeah I'd already sent it out to ten agents and three of them got back right to me and said they were interested and I chose one and then um, got a publisher and away I went and the first book went really well and they said do another How one thrilling Mm. Yeah. So what was your first book? Uh, rule number five, No Sex on the Bus, uh-huh. which was about being the tour leader in Europe, <laughs> which actually was a rule. You could, have, you could have sex outside the bus, just couldn't have it on the bus. Well, well sure, there are tents, there's, there's youth hostels, there's, there's many alternatives. <laughs> so um, from your earliest days of travelling and, and having these experiences, and it was very much so the, the, the drunken bus tour, um, what happened? How did you evolve in your travel stories evolve and how did your thinking and, and what you looked for in your travels, how did that evolve over time and then how did you put that in your books? Yeah, well, by the time, I was, by the time I'd finished my uh, first book and it was published, I already had a full-time job again. So when they asked me to do the second book, 
I did a little bit of travelling for it, but I needed an idea of things that I already had stories from, from my diaries. And the second book was called Planes, Trains and Elephants because I love modes of transport. There's 32 different stories about hovercrafts and camels and taxis and there's 32 different stories around the world of things that I'd been on. And and then from then on, I then quit full-time work and for the next book and I was about festivals around the world, just things I'm really interested in. So just trying to find interesting ways to travel my books sort of have a you know like the couch surfing sleeping around was sleeping on people's couches or traveling with an old guide book or uh just doing interesting ways of, of traveling mm, and, okay and ultimately getting a great story that way well talking about interesting ways of traveling new zealand heli skiing tell us about it oh uh, yes well i just uh I just had my <coughs> cough, cough, 50, 50th birthday a couple of months ago. <laughs> and uh, I, I thought, well, do I have a party and spend lots of money and, you know, to, to get all my friends drunk or do I escape the country? So I escaped the country. I went to New Zealand and on my actual 50th birthday, I went heli skiing in Arrowsmith Ranges, which is near Christchurch in mm. New Zealand, which involves getting up early and getting to a helicopter, going up to the top of a very top of a high peak on a narrow ridge helicopter just sits there and you jump out the helicopter helicopter flies off then you ski down for about 40 minutes through knee deep snow the helicopter's waiting for you at the bottom takes you off up to the top of another peak were you planning at this stage to have a 51st <laughs> i did the same thing for my 40th actually. oh did you no, I did. okay because it sounds like torture but the, the best one of the most wonderful things because it's just perfectly silent it's just the most stunning scenery you could ever imagine is the lunch the uh you get dropped off in the middle of the day for one of you we did seven runs we did but in the middle of the day we did a run and you ski down through this snow and all of a sudden you, you stop and the helicopter's sitting there and they've already built a table out of out of snow and put a tablecloth checkered tablecloth on it and there's hot soup and chick and roast chicken and chocolate cake and and fruit and it's just and the most amazing spread so you sit in the, and it's just perfectly silent you don't hear a sound up there in the mountains and you're in the sunshine eating your lunch and you fill up and then you get in the helicopter and go land on another peak and away you go again sounds fantastic oh yeah th- that i could do yeah <laughs> do the, lunch part. the lunch part yeah <laughs> now talking about lunch at tw- one o'clock here on joy 94.9 we have cravings with pete dillon um today we- he's going to be talking about healthy fast food and he'll come in and give us a bit of a preview. He'll be at one o'clock. Joining us here in the studio is Brian Thacker, who's a travel writer. You're listening to Detours 94.9. And we shall come back and hear about more adventures. I'd like to hear about the Writers' Festival. Stay tuned. Listen to us right around the nation. Joy 94.9. This is Joy 94.9, your lesbian and gay station. That's Erica Badu's window seat, and uh, thank you, Erica Badu, for your amazing talent. We've got a beautiful uh, message here from Mr. Peter Stevenson, and who's thanking Jody for 16 years of uh, broadcasting. And he he says, and I will quote: "We will miss your dulcet tones. All the best, and yeah, we all will." Oh, thank you, Peter. That's very kind of you. I met someone recently this week who's blind who said to me she thought I had a tall voice. (laughs) And I said, why is that exactly? And I said, why don't you stand up and put your hand on my shoulder and you can then feel how high, how tall I am. She said, oh, you're actually the same. You're quite short, actually. And I said, why do you think I've got a tall voice? And she said, oh, I don't know. And then I said, 
I just realised why you said that because each time I see you, you're sitting down and I'm standing up. I don't think I have a tall voice. I'm, <laughs> I'm not very tall. Did she explain what a tall voice is? Well, just sounding like you're tall. Yeah. Is it a directional thing? Or I don't is know. It a- not really sure. Interesting. There you go. You're listening to Joy 94.9. This is Detours, and we're with you to 1 o'clock. The time now is 26 minutes past 1. We'd love to hear from you, and thank you, Peter, again for that lovely message. You can SMS us 0427JOY949 or email on air at joy.org.au. Our very special guest who's joining us right now in the studio is Brian Thacker, who's a travel writer. We were hearing just before about heli skiing in New Zealand. Let's move now to the Writers' Festival. You went to two in recent times, Singapore and Bali and Ubud. Yes. Um, I've, this is the third time I've done the Ubud Writers' Festival, which is just uh, the Unicostas, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane have big rice festivals, but the Ubud one is just the most amazing setting in the in the hills and the, the rice paddies of in Ubud. Um, it's run by Janet Deneef. Um, she started the Ubud Rice Festival just after the Bali bombings, 2002, I think 2003 was the first year, and it was to get people back because it was around the same time as the anniversary of the Bali bombing. And it started off as a little rice festival, now it's one of the world's best. It's sort of they get big names there this year. It actually starts, um, I think, next weekend, I think, or the weekend after. And uh, Nick Cave is the main uh, guest this year, so they get some big names. But um, when it's funny because I, when I met Beth, my wife, on a walk, which is uh, the Champu- uh, Champuan Ridge. There's a ridge that runs around uh, uh, Ubud, and they, as part of the Rise Festival, they take... A writer takes a group of people, which is which I took the one with met Beth with Tony Wheeler, and you take them through these uh, rice paddies, and you end up at a villa for breakfast, and you do a talk, and you talk on the way, and this is not only have I done it with Tony before, I've already done it twice before, and uh, this time I managed to have a big, I had a big group of people behind me, managed to get utterly and totally lost. Oh no, <laughs> how embarrassing! Well, I had two volunteers, and I thought they knew where the villa was because there's lots of different villas you could go to. And we're about three quarters away there, and I said, well, "Which? Where do we go for the villa? It could be anywhere. There's so many different roads turning off." And they said, "Well, we don't know. We thought you knew." And I said, "I don't know. <laughs> we're supposed to know." And then it started pouring rain, and we're all stuck hiding under this tiny little uh, sort of ledge, trying to keep out of the rain. While one of the volunteers went off in the pouring rain on the back of some stranger's motorcycle to try to figure out where the villa was. But it all worked out in the well in here. But that was a pretty good travel rider. The travel famous travel rider gets. Uh, all the all the guests lost, but I think that's the expectation that people have in you if you're in the tourism or the transport or the the travel industry that you miraculously know this sort of stuff. But in fact, you know you can have geographic dyslexia at all times of the day, yes, like absolutely. Can't you? But you also had a book called Get Lost, so you know you could theme that right up. That's exactly right. And uh, um, you know some of my best stories have been for when I've got totally and utterly lost, so it works out well. And so, what's involved in a writers' festival? Um, generally. It's a lot of panels, so they'll have subjects. It might be a panel about family, writing about family, which I did like at one Byron Bay Festival, so I wrote about a book I travelled with my dad, and then there was someone else who wrote a book about their family or their travel-related things, you know, where's a travel, great travel adventure or when things go bad, um, about bad travel stories or different stories. I did one in um, Brisbane Writers Festival, just a quick story, and... Um, I forgot the name of the author now, I feel bad, but he he, he was a writer and he was in the Middle East somewhere and he went mad in Kuwait and he was put in an asylum. And he 
after a few months, they led him out of the asylum, and he came back to Australia, and he'd only been in Australia, back in Australia for not very long, and he tried to commit suicide and jumped off a building, but didn't, all he did was uh, smash all his legs up to pieces in his wheelchair. So then he travelled around the world, and he thought, well, nothing bad else can happen to me. I'll go to Iraq and Afghanistan and in my wheelchair. And he wrote a book about it. And the, the stories about bad travel stories and mine was thinking, oh, I got the passengers lost. That's my sort of stories, you know. <laughs> and this guy was going to... And I was so desperate to get in front of him first. I didn't want to go after him. And <laughs> I can imagine. So anyway, sorts of things. Oh, so, but uh, there, there seemed to be... And even, like I said, I did the Ubo Down Singapore Writers Festival and they sort of follow the same thing with a, a, a panel, except... And you also have events where you talk by yourself. In, in Singapore, I had a, a, a panel with travel writers, including Singapore's most travelled uh, Singaporean, who's in their, their equivalent of the Guinness Book of Records. He's been to 206 countries. And we did a sold-out show for that. But then I had an event in a library way up in the north in a, in, on a Saturday afternoon. And it turned up, and the library was full of people. And I thought, this is going to be good. Then I went to my room, a big room, and had all the chairs set out and waiting for people to turn up for the, my 1 o'clock thing, whatever it was. And I got to two minutes to one, and there was two people sitting down there. No, everyone, no one else. Everyone else was just in the library doing other things. So I had two oh, people. Oh, and, and about 40 empty chairs. Did you get to know these people well? Well, the, the, li- the librarian felt really bad, so they went and just got grabbed all these bunch of kids. <laughs> right? It's like room School fillers. School kids. And, but, my, but I was doing a slideshow, and I had, sort of, I had shots of, you know, a place called um, Super Pussy Nightclub in Thailand. Right? Oh, everyone loves a cat. And so I had to sort of quickly fast forward a few some of the slides, you know, and some of my stories, but (laughs) to make it appropriate. Yeah, so you do get some, uh, you get big crowds and no crowds as well sometimes. Oh, tricky stuff. Um, One thing I did want to ask you as well, um, Brian, was um, how do you get, do you get invited to these festivals or do you just sort of rock up and and pay it part of the the Writers' Festival? Some of them you get invited to, particularly the Australian ones because your publisher contacts them. But the other, the uh, the Ubud ones, because oh, it was funny because when I did when I did meet Tony that first time, um, at the end of the talk, he said to me like that finished at about twelve o'clock. He said, uh, "Oh, I forgot to tell you, I, I wasn't in the writers festival at all." He said, um, "One of the other authors has pulled out and didn't turn up, and I've got a, pan- a session at two o'clock, and I don't." didn't want to do it by myself so I've dobbed you in you're doing a panel with me in two hours I went oh okay so uh, <laughs> and because I did that panel and then the next year they, they invited me back and then uh, the last time I went I thought oh, I want to go to Udwood so I contacted them and said <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a new book coming out like the way you think yeah, and the book enough. was about barley as well so they that's you know there was a lot in the tell them to get lost about barley so it's, they do like it that particularly in Udwood if it's about um, Indonesia or Southeast Asia or, or Bali in particular. It, well, thinking about venues that you want to go to, just um, this week we yes. saw the uh, Gay and Lesbian World Tourism Conference in San Francisco and I think, you know, well, I think we should go there. It's uh, a hell of a town. That would be really fantastic. Yeah, yeah. so we're looking for sponsors. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us <laughs> on air at joy.org.au. What about San Francisco? Mark, you've been there? Yes, I have. Uh, many years ago. And uh, it was a... Uh, 
I was there on my own, and it was a um, uh, there was a bunch of festivals, religious festivals, uh, with the Hispanic community, and I was staying not far from the mission, and uh, there was just stuff going on all around me, and uh, I let myself get involved in whatever was going on. It was great, really enjoyed it. But San Francisco has a legend of being the city where all the dead people from Atlantis, their souls have reconvened, and there's something about that in <laughs> the, the quirkiness of the city. It feels um, creative and interesting. You've been to San Francisco, just, I'm sure. It's quirky, all right? Yes. <laughs> what was, was your experience? I was there for Halloween. I went to a Halloween party at a pub, and some guy came dressed as a toilet, and he actually had the <laughs> toilet with a lid. Oh, and no. he said, if you want to open the lid, you could wean if you wanted to, you know what I mean? It was very strange. but Maybe he's acting oh. out some fantasies there. Yes. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> when, I, when I went to San Francisco, I've only been once. Um, I, it was after having read Tales of the City by Armistead Morpin and this fantastic series about gay and lesbian life in, in the 70s right on. And um, I, I, I'm a big fan of retracing the steps of places that I've seen on films or, or read in books. And it was just so fabulous. It, it you know, Everything about it, I just love. Mm. I just love. Did you take the trolleys and? Yeah, yeah. The trolleys walked everywhere. Um, I was also there at Halloween, Brian. Um, and one thing I got the opportunity to try was pumpkin ice cream with cinnamon. Oh, wow! It's bloody beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Well, there's pumpkins everywhere at that yes. time of year yeah. in the fall in uh, in I've the US. Not had that. Mm, yum. But it was many years ago. There it was it was 1947 or something. That was 1989 when I was there, and that was only a few weeks. Only a couple of weeks at the most after the big earthquake, which was in oh, 1989. Right. So there wasn't a tourist in sight. There was like was yeah, no one around. Gee. <laughs> but you never pay retail when there's a disaster like that. Yeah. <laughs> now, coming up in a few minutes, we'll be talking to Pete Dillon from Cravings. Uh, he'll be coming up at one o'clock talking about fast food that's healthy. And we'll have some other fabulous movie, music, movies. We've got another <laughs> message, Jodie, if you'd yeah. like me to read that sure, out for sure. you. Um, uh, a beautiful message from Seamus. Thank you for uh, sending that in, Seamus. And uh, Seamus loves you. He thinks you're a legend. Congratulations on your contribution. And the radio and travel industries um, uh, really appreciate you bringing authentic, meaningful, and entertaining radio. Seamus, thank you very much. They're, they're great words. Although I seem to have botched them up, even though they're in front of my face. <laughs> I think you, your sentiment is uh, is uh, well received. Thank you, Seamus. Thank you. That's very kind. Stay with us. We're right up to one o'clock here on Joy 94.9. I'm Jodie Joined by Mark, this is Detours. Australia's most amazing gay and lesbian radio station, Joy 94.9. Get more of the fresh new sounds from around the world, Joy 94.9. And this is Detours here on Joy 94.9. I'm Jodie, joined by the fabulous Pete Dillon. Oh, fabulous. You're very kind. Oh, well, I like to be kind. It's in my nature. Yes, I know. I know. Hey, what's this room right here that you're retiring? Well, I know. It's, uh, it's been a fabulous gig, but it's time to move on to something new and give other people the opportunity to volunteer on this fabulous community radio. Uh, after 16 years, what on earth are you going to do on Saturday morning? I don't know. I might actually go away for the weekend, like exploring things. <laughs> Sounds like a very good idea. Hey, um, fast food today. Can fast food be good food is the question. Um, I've got the guys in from Fat Brats in Fitzroy who are doing beautiful gourmet sausages and hot dogs and stuff, and they are incredible. Matt Wilkinson, who we know from Pope Joan and the Bishop of Ostia, also out in that Brunswick area, he's involved with the Spud Bar, and that's fast food, quick, uh, good food fast. And um, our resident dietitian nutritionist, Emma Sterling, is going to jump on the phone and tell us whether these guys are talking out of their wazoo or whether it's actually, um, you know, whether this food is actually good for us. So all about fast food. So grab a beer, maybe a packet of chips, <laughs> and I'll be back at one o'clock. What about a glass of water with some lemon in it, perhaps? <laughs> mm, no. Okay.
<laughs> Stay tuned. Thanks, Pete. We'll hear from you later on here on Joy. We'll have a bit of Al Green now here. Joy 94.9. You're listening to Detours on Joy 94.9, and that was Al Green with Are You Lonely For Me Baby? Yes, I am, David. (laughs) And I'm glad everyone's lonely for that answer. Um, You're listening to Joy 94.9. We have a a brilliant guest on this morning, a man that speaks more often through uh, words on printed page, (laughs) (laughs) the author of seven travel-related books, Mr. Brian Thacker. And Brian, we were talking before about um, trips abroad, and obviously, you know, a lot of your writing is about overseas, but let's talk about Australia. Let's talk about what you can discover in your own backyard. What are some of the highlights of trips you've been on recently? Um, the good thing is my, um, my wife's American, of course. I've never been to Australia before, so even doing little simple things like uh, a couple months ago, a few months ago, we went to the Grampians. I've never been to the Grampians. I lived my whole life in Melbourne, never been to the Grampians. Really? So that was quite nice. And we went for hikes and things. And went only two weekends ago, went to Hobart. I've been to Tasmania before, but hadn't been to Hobart. And went to see the wonderful Mona. The now, mu- what is Mona? Modern Museum, Old and New Art, it stands for, which was built by that cashed-up bloke who made money from uh, his gambling thing, whatever he did. Okay. Anyway, um, but it's, it, not only is it just a wonderful gallery, it's just a great experience from the very start. You get a a boat from the harbour in Hobart down the Derwent River. They actually have their own Mona boat and they have a barista on board on this boat and makes beautiful coffees or wine and you, you uh, like the whole experience and the music playing on the boat and uh, you pull up at a, at a dock right next to the, the museum and uh, you all walk around with uh, iPods, little iPods and so there's no, there's no titles next to the Exhibitions of pieces of art. It is—it's all GPS thing. You just press the button. It says what, what piece of art you're near, and then it comes up on the screen. You can get more detailed information, and it's—and even the, like they've got a cafe there with, and the food's wonderful. So the whole, the whole, the whole experience is wonderful, and just some crazy stuff in there too. There is in that museum. Excellent. And what else have you taken your wife to see now that she's uh, come to live in this crazy brown land? I had to take her to Sydney, of course. You mean oh, absolutely, yes. So I did the Manly Ferry and uh, uh, hired a bicycle and rode, rode around the beaches and uh, opera house tour and all that sorts of stuff. But, uh, you know, but she's penguins and restaurant trams and all those <laughs> interior sites here. I've done all that as well. Well, Mark, you're discovering your own backyard again after being away in the Middle East for the last eight, yeah. uh, six years. What are some of the highlights you've experienced? Well, actually, that was just a highlight. Thank you, because my partner's American and he's joining me in Australia very soon. So all right. <laughs> Mona's on the list. <laughs> or Muna, if it's a museum of older new art. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, so Grampians, and yeah, there'll be a lot of Australian things. But... Uh, um, because I'm waiting for Jordan to arrive, I haven't really done a lot of um, things, but I've been reacquainting myself with areas like Chapel Street and, and uh, Balaclava and um, the city and Gertrude Street, Street Fitzroy. is just a fascinating part of the city that has come leaps and bounds in the six years that I was out of the country. So um, just rediscovering Melbourne and uh, rekindling my love affair with this amazing city is, is basically what I've been doing. I did get a chance to go to Bendigo. I have uh, been able to go to Adelaide and uh, Sunbury and a few other close to Melbourne places. So, um, And I'm going to Sunbury again this afternoon, uh, going to visit some horses and some friends. 
<laughs> not just the horses. Not just the horses, but yeah. Now, just last week, not last week, the week before, we had um, Victoria Tourism Week here in Victoria, and we interviewed Denise Castro from Destination Melbourne, who was talking about the Discover Your Own Backyard campaign, which is all about ways to get people visiting friends and relatives out and about, um, discovering what's happening in their local council area. There were 29 councils who took part, and... I am delighted to let everybody know that and congratulate Destination Melbourne, who won the National Economic Development Awards, which are part of the International Economic Development Australia Conference. And they recognise this fantastic achievement. And um, it's absolutely fantastic that yeah, well they've been honoured in this way. It's a great campaign. And uh, if you want more, you can go to uh, destinationmelbourne.com.au and just follow the links. Yeah, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of great stuff to do. And there's I think a lot to do. And on, on the site as well, Discover Your Own Backyard, they've got tags. And um, so they've got special interest tags of things for older people, people with disabilities. I'm not sure if there's a gay and lesbian one, but we'll make sure that happens. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, singles or, or people travelling with families of things that they can do that's accessible just right in their own backyard. So very good. Yeah, that's great. That's really good news. And, and well done to the team there, Destination Melbourne. So, Brian, what's next for you? Um, oh, I'm going away tomorrow. I've got a seven o'clock flight tomorrow. Going to Harvey Bay to go see some whale watching and go to Fraser Island do some dingo watching. So I'm doing that tomorrow. Very nice for a week, and then uh, in a few weeks' time, or next month, I'm off to the Philippines. Ah, very good. I've just come back from there oh, earlier you? this year. Tell us about it. Where, where are you going? Um, to Bohol. Okay. Yeah, that's um, no. <laughs> it's an island. Uh, in the middle somewhere. All right. And there's a lot of like, there's like seven thousand islands. And it's got these little funny creatures half between a monkey and a lemur, and they've got huge eyes. Like the eyes take up almost their whole head. They're called tasias. Have you heard? Of, have you seen them before? No, but I want to go to yeah. the Philippines to see a tasia. And uh, yeah, so it's sort of you know not not very touristy. I'm doing a homestay, which is um, it's it's like it's not much. It's fifteen dollars a night or something, and that includes your accommodation, and three meals, and. I just stay in a very simple, in someone's house with their family, just a bucket shower and a hole in the ground for the toilet. And I'm just staying up away in a, in a village, away from any tourist stuff. So uh, that's going to be very interesting. But just really get an insight into the local people and life and culture. Sounds fantastic, fascinating. Yeah. Mm. I love the Filipino people, and uh, yeah, a lot of people from the Philippines are workers in the Middle East. Yes, they had, are, yeah. Yeah, so I've had a lot of exposure and very good friends, and hence I went to a wedding in the Philippines earlier this year. And they're, they're amazing people, and the hospitality is out of this world. Uh, if you've not been there before. I have been. I was part of my couch surfing trip. It was? Oh, oh yeah. It's, mm. The people are just fantastic, yeah. and they never stop singing. It is, And they sing so beautifully. It's, it's a part of beautiful handwriting and singing is the, the signature of the Philippines. They're amazing. Actually, a friend of mine who's quite religious was going to a Catholic church in the Philippines and was amazed at how festive and theatrical it was and that people were actually not only, you know, singing a lot, as you mentioned, Mark, but, you know, on their mobile phones and <laughs> oh, love really yeah, chatting away. And no, mobile phones and karaoke, they love both of them. Yeah, uh, we were lucky enough that The Sound of Music was um, a show that was on in the hotel casino complex where we were staying for this wedding. So we all dutifully went along and saw The Sound of Music and <laughs> what a fantastic performance they put in. It was, it was, it was awesome. And talking about weddings, yes. it is very disappointing that this week the same-sex relationships bill wasn't passed 
in the federal parliament. Um, yeah, it's but disappointing. Very disappointing. But um, we know that equal love will still um, strive, and uh, we'd, we'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas. Perhaps you might have had um, a significant relationship and you've um, met overseas and, and a same-sex relationship and you've come to Australia, and perhaps you've been able to now settle here. We'd love to hear about your story uh, as a gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, intersex person um, and hear about what's been successful and maybe some advice for other people listening. And uh, perhaps you could email us at thedetours at joy.org.au if you'd like to give your contact details we won't announce that on air, but we'd love to be in touch and have some special focus on our last couple of sh- my sh- last couple of shows um, yeah, until the thirteenth of October. Brian, yes, you've got a couple of seconds here. Here's the challenge. Yep, you got fifty bucks. You're in Melbourne for oh, a weekend, please. please. Oh, no, sorry. Oh. you've got your fifty bucks. <laughs> You're in uh, Melbourne for the weekend. Yeah. What can you do? That's a travel with you and a partner. What can you do for fifty bucks to, to get out and about in Melbourne and to really enjoy what's on offer? What would you do? Oh. I'd maybe go to Victoria Market, get uh, which ah, is good one. Wander around; it doesn't cost anything. Buy some some beautiful picnic stuff, you know, some nice uh, meats and hams and cheeses, or whatever, and some crusty bread. Uh, go down to uh, Botanical Gardens, have a picnic in Botanical Gardens. And then uh, only a short walk from there to the National Gallery NGV, which is free. I've only spent about ten bucks so far at the most, and then. Um, <laughs> And that takes up that day, and then the next day, um, I know I've got $40 spent, I haven't really thought about that, but you <laughs> get, a, get a bus out to, to uh, Ferntree Gully or Dandongs and go for a hike. There you go. And you do it on the weekend, it's cheaper. Yep. Thank you so much, Brian. It's Thank been you. great to talk to you today again on Detours, and we'll look forward to having you on again on the program. We've got a scoot because it's nearly the news time, mm-hmm. and then, of course, at 1 o'clock, it'll be Cravings with um, Pete Dillon. Thanks for joining us. Great to see you, Mark. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care. Get more of the fresh new sounds from around the world. Joy 94.9. Thank you for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.